0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Life Simply Better. I'm Zoe Galaitzis, and today we are going to talk about honoring commitments to yourself. So this episode is for all of you who set some New Year's resolutions at the beginning of January, feeling really pumped about that, and now you're a month in, And maybe you're going strong and you want some tips to keep going strong, or maybe you've noticed that you didn't have quite as much time as you thought you would to work on that resolution. Or maybe you're someone who just doesn't set resolutions because you're thinking, why bother? I know I won't have time for myself anyway. So today we are going to talk all about honoring commitments to yourself. I think in general for so many working moms, we don't treat ourselves as importantly as others, but if you can build the skill and form a good relationship with yourself, it will be projected into all of your other dealings in life. And I'm such a huge believer in the idea that honoring commitments to ourselves really ends up allowing us to contribute more to all of the other relationships in our lives because we are fueling ourselves first. It's like that super cliched metaphor before attaching your child's oxygen mask. Make sure your own is fastened. You know, when the flight attendants go through things on on the airplane security talk, It's the same thing with our life in general, right? If we can honor commitments to ourselves, have a good relationship with ourselves, take care of ourselves, we can show up better for everyone else that we are trying to serve in our lives. But a lot of times we make commitments to ourselves and we don't honor them. How many times have you blocked off your calendar to get caught up on something and then you get to that time You get to that day, to that time, you see the block on calendar, and you don't end up doing it. And this is where there's a real double standard. And I've talked about this before, because if that calendar appointment had been a meeting with your boss, you for sure would have shown up for that meeting, right? I think a lot of you listening are very dependable, reliable people. You don't miss flights, you don't um, flake out on meetings with your boss, you don't forget to feed your kids, all of those commitments to other people, we are super reliable and we do a great job honoring. But when it comes to ourselves, it can be a totally different story. And that can be uncomfortable for some of us to think about because we pride ourselves on being reliable and showing up and being someone you can count on and when you think about you as having a relationship not just with everyone else in your life but having a relationship with yourself i want to i want you to think about what kind of person you are there what kind of person are you in that relationship now so let's say you have a commitment to yourself you've done some thinking about this whole concept of a double standard And you've made up your mind that you're going to be just as reliable to yourself as to others, which is great. I want you to next look at the commitment you've made and ask yourself why you want to make that commitment. Why? And do you like your reasons? Do you like what your answer is? Because it's really important whether we're keeping a commitment to ourselves or to others to have a compelling reason. Now, I just talked about feeding our kids, right? Now, we don't even think about that as a commitment. We just think of that as something we do. But it is a commitment. They were born and we made this commitment to be like, okay, until you're grown up and taking care of yourself, I'm going to feed you every single day. And we have a really compelling reason to do that. If I said, why do you want to feed your kids? It would be really easy for you to answer. And it would be a very compelling reason that, well, they're my kids and I love them a lot and I want them to be healthy and I want to take care of them. And so that's what you want to think about when you're testing out new commitments that you're making, whether to yourself or your others, is to ask why. And do you have a compelling reason? And I think a lot of times when we make commitments to ourselves, it's not always a compelling reason. And that's why I want you to ask yourself this question of why and t- do a little examination. Often when we make commitments to ourselves, it feels like this empowering, great thing that we're doing, but we're really doing it from this motivation of feeling like what we're doing now is not enough. Like how we are today isn't good enough. It's 10 pounds too heavy or it's not organized enough at work. We don't like ourselves now. And so the reason we're making the commitment of regular exercise or eating differently or setting aside a time at work to get caught up or even reading more books is because we think what we are today is inadequate for whatever reason. And if you're making a commitment out of trying to change yourself to escape inadequacy, I want you to be really careful with that because it will pretty much always backfire. And I wanna give an example with getting your inbox cleared out because that's pretty much like my favorite example to uh, give for everything because I love a good empty inbox. So let's say you have a 1,000 emails in your inbox. Now, you might think that's a lot. You might think that's not a lot. People listening to this are going to have different opinions because everyone has different thoughts about what an inbox of 1,000 emails means. But let's say your thought about that is negative. You think a 1,000 emails is too many and your thought about that is, I really need to get my act together. Now, this might seem like a positive and motivating thought, right? Like I'm pushing myself to get my act together, good for me. But when you think I really need to get my act together, basically meaning your act right now isn't together, isn't good enough, you probably have a feeling like inadequate. And when we feel inadequate, we beat up on ourselves, we... Buffer and do things to kind of numb out that feeling. And most of all, we avoid our email inbox, right? Because it makes us feel inadequate, because it makes us feel like we don't have our act together. So the result of those actions, beating yourself up, um, you know, doing different activities to kind of numb that feeling and avoiding your email, is that your inbox stays at a thousand or maybe it goes up even. And that just proves your original thought of needing to get your act together. So, a lot of times, these thoughts that we think seem like really good thoughts that will drive us to the result that we want to get like, I really need to get my act together that's a thought that might work temporarily. It might drive you to use some willpower and kind of push through some initial improvement. That's kind of like that initial burst that a lot of us have in January with our resolutions. But It doesn't last, it's not sustainable. And ultimately, there's a negative feeling of inadequacy underlying that, that does not serve us and does not create effective action or the results that we want. So I want you to, again, look at your reasons. Why are you trying to change? Why are you wanting to make this commitment to yourself and do something different and make sure you like your thought about it? And if you're like, well, if I don't think I really need to get my act together, how am I ever going to get my inbox clean? Here's an example of a different thought that at first might seem like it would leave you stuck where you are, but it can actually lead to positive change. So... Let's just do a little mind bender here and look at this example with a different thought. So let's say your inbox is the same and it still has a thousand emails in it, but you have a different thought about that. Your thought about that is, I'm doing this right. You actually are able to adopt a thought that having a thousand emails in your inbox is just fine. And I'm not saying that that thought might be, if this is you right now, if you're listening to this and you're like, that's my inbox. (laughs) I have a bunch of emails in it and I'd like to get it cleaned up. That thought might not be accessible to you right away to believe, but uh, I'm just doing this more as an example to like say, well, what if it were? What if you could believe about your inbox that what you were doing was right and was just fine? If you thought that, how would you feel? You would feel Confident about yourself and about your inbox because you were thinking I'm doing this right. And what do you do when you feel confident? How do you show up? You make decisions. You make you're decisive, right? You're good at making decisions, including about uh, decisions about email, deciding where they should go instead of just kind of waffling about them. And you're also you don't feel any shame about your inbox, so you have no problem spending time there. Um, since that confidence really, um, really makes it a great place to hang out, you know, no problem, I'll work on my email because I feel good while I'm doing that. So the result of those actions is that you are doing this right, and your inbox count will likely go down. Notice, even though you didn't pressure yourself, and even though you basically accepted and felt good about your starting point, you're still able to make change because having a positive feeling fuels positive actions, which is what ultimately drives the change in your life. So to kind of recap that model one more time, your circumstance, just your neutral facts are that you have an inbox with a thousand emails in it. Your thought about your email management is I'm doing this right I can do this. Your feeling is confident. That confidence leads to being decisive about uh, deleting or filing emails. Instead of waffling about them, it leads you to um, wanting to spend time in your inbox because that feels good to you and you feel confident when you're there. And the result is that your inbox count probably does go down, right? So that's what I mean when I talk about liking your reason. So if you're doing email cleanup or weight loss or even your reading list and your book club out of a sense that, you know, what you're doing right now isn't enough and you need to change to try to get this sense of adequacy. That's where I'm saying those reasons probably will not serve you well and probably will not ultimately get you the results you want. They might in the short term, but they won't in the long term. Whereas, on the other hand, if your reasons are more just a genuine desire to do something because it sounds fun or it's something you're really excited to see yourself do, it's something that you know you can do. Uh, It's something that makes you feel good when you think about it. Those are the kind of reasons that will be compelling reasons that will carry you through to the finish line in a more sustainable way. So that's the first thing. In being able to honor a commitment to yourself or anyone else, you want to have a compelling reason that feels good and fuels positive action. Now, I want to talk about a little bit more about this double standard that we have with ourselves and others. Uh, And again, that goes back to the idea that if uh, we had time blocked off to meet with our boss, we would totally show up for our boss. But when we have time blocked off to meet with ourselves, we often end up canceling and flaking out on ourselves. So I want to ask you this, how important are you? I think about that. And you'll have to answer this question for yourself. How important am I? If your answer is not very important, that's fine. That's a totally okay answer to have. And I don't want you to beat yourself up if your honest answer is right now that you're not very important. Some of us, a lot of us have that opinion of ourselves. But I want you to start to play around with it and realize that not only is that's not just a kind of like self effacing unselfish thought, which maybe it feels like to you. i'm I'm just very modest. so I just I you know, just don't put myself first because I want to take care of other people. But I want you to realize, that that type of thinking may have a really huge impact on creating the life you want and ultimately on making the contribution to the wider world and to everyone around you that you want to make. So spend some time thinking about your opinion of yourself because it's going to be challenging to build a strong commitment to yourself and a strong relationship with yourself, if your starting opinion of yourself, which is, serves as the foundation of that, is that you're just not that important. It's really hard to have a compelling reason if you don't think you're that important to begin with. So that's something to just think about and explore. And explore the idea that you could think you're really important without um, disadvantaging others or putting others down that, that there's, or being, having a huge ego. I think a lot of times we view um, self-importance as this negative trait. Maybe it's not, right? Maybe it's a good thing and maybe it will actually ultimately help you serve other people even better. I also want to talk about the concept of honoring commitments as uncomfortable and that's important to realize ahead of time when we're planning out these commitments that we're making. And I will, I will say to my kids, just got home with my husband. I didn't expect them to get back, so they're still here while I'm recording. I haven't done this before, but I'm thinking I'm getting close to this episode um, ending. So we'll see how it works. And if you can hear random kid noise in the background, they're okay. They're with dad. Um, but if you hear some random kid noise in the background, that's why. So honoring commitments can be uncomfortable. And really the reason for that, there's no good reason. It's it's not really even that what you're doing is hard per se. It's really just because your brain likes to do what it always does. And when you make a commitment, usually you're making that commitment because you're doing something out of the ordinary. You're doing something out of your normal routine and your normal habit, or you're trying to change a habit. And Our brain doesn't like that. Our brain wants to be kind of lazy and just keep doing what it always does. So when you're making this commitment, even though it's a goal that you want long-term, you need to plan on not wanting to do it in the moment. So yes, you'd love to have an empty inbox. That sounds wonderful. But when you get to that block of time on your calendar that you've blocked off to clear out emails and move towards an empty inbox, you have to know that in that moment, you won't want to do it. And that, again, that's just because that's what human brains do. And you can even mentally rehearse all of the thoughts your brain might offer up to try to talk you out of it. It's going to say things like, oh, this really isn't that important, or I'll do this tomorrow, or I should really be working on this other project, or... It's not realistic to have an empty inbox anyway. It's going to offer up all these thoughts in that moment that are going to feel very convincing. And often that's how we get talked out of keeping that commitment. And so I want you to plan on that. And I want you to think about what some of those thoughts might be in the moment. Because when we're thinking about it, In the distance, it always sounds super appealing, like I'm going to block out this time and it's going to be awesome and I'm going to get all organized. But again, when we actually get there, it's this whole different set of thoughts takes over. And so we need to be prepared for that. And the other thing I want you to realize is let's say you get to that time and your brain offers some thoughts like, oh, this really isn't that important. Why don't we just do this tomorrow? And you end up not honoring the commitment to yourself, you end up not taking that time to do what you had planned on. I want you to realize that that failure, that failing to honor your commitment in that example is actually awesome. That's great that that happened because it's this great opportunity to learn what those thoughts are. And you can look back after your quote unquote failure, you can look back after the fact, and instead of beating yourself up for not doing it for not honoring that commitment, just get curious. Like, what was the gotcha thought that really talked me out of doing that? And often it's something really simple. It's not something deep. It's not like I have childhood issues that make me afraid of clearing out my inbox. It's often just a super simple thought, something like, I don't want to, right? Seems so simple. I don't want to do this, right? But that's the thought. I don't want to, that talks us out of a lot of these commitments. I don't want to do this right now. And I want you to realize you don't have to want to do it. And that doesn't mean you pressure yourself. That doesn't mean like, oh, I don't care if I want to do it. I'm just going to push through. It's not about pressuring yourself. It's just about realizing that, okay, noted, I don't want to do this. And now I'm going to do it because that's what I planned. No big deal. And there's all these other things that we do in life. And again, often there are commitments to other people where we don't even think about whether or not we want to do it when it comes to deciding what we're going to do. So for example, if you have a dentist appointment, you don't wake up the morning of the appointment and say, well, I have this dentist appointment on calendar, but I don't know, do I really want to go to the dentist? I don't think I want to go to the dentist today, so I'm not going to the appointment. We don't even question that. It doesn't matter if we want to do it or if we don't want to do it. And it's not like this big drama of like, I'm going to push myself to go to the dentist. I'm going to use all this willpower to go to the dentist. It's just like, you know what? That's on my calendar. And I honor what's on my calendar. And so you just have to adopt that way of thinking and that habit with appointments that you make with yourself. And it takes some time and it's totally a new habit and it's totally uncomfortable at first, but it's so worth it to do. It's like one of the best skills you can have. If you think about all of your new year's resolutions, this is like the key to those uh, resolutions is being able to form this relationship with yourself. So my last quick tip here, and then we'll wrap up, is to make it easy. My example Of This is when I started to get up earlier in the day, I've never been a morning person or I thought I used to think that I was not a morning person. I thought I had this gene that made it impossible for me to like getting up early. And I decided to question that belief about myself and start getting up earlier. And I would try to do that by I would be because I had all these things I wanted to do. I was like, then I could meditate or exercise or read something, you know, read some nonfiction that was really good for me to learn about. And I had all of these edifying activities that I thought I could do if I woke up earlier. I could get an extra load of laundry done. And so I would try starting this habit of getting up earlier and it would never work. Again, maybe it would work for a few days and I kind of used my willpower to do that, but then it would um, slack off and not turn into a long-term habit. And what I finally did that made all the world of difference was just make it easier and make it more appealing to get up earlier. So instead of saying, I'm going to get up earlier and work out, which were two things that I did not want to do, I said, I'm going to get up earlier and I'm going to look at Pinterest, right? Because I like looking at Pinterest. And so then when I woke up early, it's still, that piece of it was still different, but That was the only piece that was different and hard was the early part. I wasn't layering on top this additional activity that I didn't even wanna do. So making it really easy, taking it in really small steps and making it as palatable as possible to yourself is another really great way to help honor commitments to yourself. And if you do those really microscopic baby steps, inching your way forward to the habit you want, those will build up so quickly because those are sustainable and those are easy to do. And a lot of times we, we get impatient and we just want to jump in and create the whole new behavior, the whole new habit right away. But often that doesn't stick around. And so if you can have a little bit more patience and be willing to do these smaller steps that seem less exciting and less important, that can be a really good thing over the long run. So let's recap uh, honoring commitments to yourself and what I think the keys are to doing that. So the first thing is to make sure that you like your reasons. If you're making a commitment to yourself to change out of a place of shame or inadequacy, that will not work. You want to go back, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You want to go back and work some on your opinion of yourself and get to a place where you feel good about where you are now and then build from there. That becomes the foundation to build to something new, not something that you need to escape. The next thing is just being aware of this double standard we have between ourselves and others. And again, this gets back to your opinion of yourself and your prioritization of yourself. And instead of feeling like it's selfish to put you first, realizing that when you put yourself first, you'll actually be much better able to serve others in your life the way that you want to. The third thing was knowing that honoring commitments to yourself is uncomfortable. Your brain will try to talk you out of it. So figure that out in advance. What do you think your brain is going to come up with? And then when you fail to honor the commitment, instead of beating yourself up, just go back and notice with curiosity, what was I thinking that talked me out of that? Huh, I wonder what that was. And you'll be that much further the next time you try. And finally, make it easy. You know, Don't layer on six new behaviors, go in micro steps, make the steps small enough that they feel really appealing to you and really easy for you. That is tricky because we think it's not enough. We think we should be going faster, but it's actually the fastest way to do it because we're doing things that are sustainable that we can keep building on. Okay, everyone, that is the episode for today. So whether or not you set New Year's resolutions, I hope this was helpful just to hear about in general how you can better honor commitments to yourself. And again, having a relationship with yourself is one of the best things that you can do. It makes your whole life richer and more vibrant. So I highly encourage you to try some of the things we talked about today out and see what you think. You can always email me with any questions you have. Um, I also do offer some free coaching sessions, although I'm guessing I'm recording this ahead of time. I'm pretty sure February is going to be full up at this point. But if you want to sign up to be notified of when the next free coaching slot is available, or if you want to ask me a question, you can just send me an email at zoe at lifesimplybetter.com. That's Z-O-E at lifesimplybetter.com. All right, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your month, and we will be on to episode 21 next week. Take care.